0: amen. I bless my brother. (laughs) Pastor, I just, I want to say thank you to you and and all the members of your church. We've received such a warm welcome here. The hospitality has been (laughs) over the top for sure. I think I ate more uh, this weekend than I (laughs) ate at Thanksgiving, so yay. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) And it feels really good as a native New Englander to be here in February preaching in my snow boots. Yes. (laughs) That hasn't happened in a long time. (laughs) Anyway, thanks for bringing us. (laughs) Oh, so glad to have you. Jesus, we trust your presence here with us this morning. Holy Spirit, I invite you to come as we share together and feast on your word. Help us to hear from you, God, what we need to hear. Lead us down the paths we need to go, Lord. We want a deeper sense of intimacy with you, a better understanding of who we are in the presence and the depth of your love, God, come and have your way with us as your people this morning, we pray in Jesus' name. Hmm. What does God want? (laughs) It's actually a, a little book that I just finished reading this week by one of my favorite Biblical scholars, Michael Heiser. And uh, at my encouragement, my wife picked it up and she read it and she wants to share something from it this morning before I start. This is my wife, Barbara, for those of you that don't know her. In the next few moments, the speaker's wife, Barbara, shared from a recent story she read titled, What Does God Want? However, we did not pick up enough of this audio feed for production. We now continue with the message. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Give it to So what does God want? What does God want? He wants you, and he wants me, and he wants us together in a family. <sighs> together, united in love, and enjoying his presence. L- listen to Jesus' prayer, probably familiar with, to many of you from John 17. My prayer is not for them alone. He had just been praying for his disciples. But I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. (laughs) That's (laughs) Jesus talking about what life in the Trinity is like. If you read any of the passages where individuals within the Trinity are highlighted, you'll hear the different members of the Trinity talking about the other members of the Trinity with no sense of competition. They're all just trying to honor each other. This is my beloved son, listen to him. I'm gonna send you a helper. Jesus says, and he's going to remind you of all the things that I've taught you. They just, there's no hierarchy, there's no who's the winner, who's the oldest, who's the best, they're just dwelling together in an amazing sense of unity and love and honor for each other. Come on, think about what life would be like if the planet were that way. Oh, Jesus, come on. <laughs> All right. Remind me of your name. Hillary. would you change slides for me, please? Actually, to the next one. Thank you. That's so cool that I can see them behind. I usually have to turn around to make sure that that slide's agreeing with what I'm looking at here. I like that one right there. All right. So, in thinking more about what it is that God wants, I was re- I've been reading a bunch of scriptures this week, preparing for my time to share with you, and I got, I got focused on some of the first verses. Let me give you an example. Proverbs 4.23. It, it actually, I love the translation, it says above all else, well that's one I should pay attention to, <laughs> above all else guard your heart for out of it flow the issues of life. Well now that's that's what we're about in Connect Up. We, we like to deal with heart stuff. So that's a good verse for us to think about. Actually When I read a verse like that, my brain immediately goes, well, how do you guard your heart? Well, there's an answer in the New Testament in Philippians where it says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, make your requests known to God and the peace of God, which goes beyond our capacity to even believe we can have peace in this situation, will guard your hearts in Christ Jesus. Yay. <laughs> so the answer there is praying regularly and getting in touch with God. See, the thing we got to understand is some, sometimes we get this image of God that he's, he's there, and I know he's powerful, and I know he's good, but understand, he's a very relational God. He wants us to come to him regularly and ask him questions. <laughs> I'm, getting, I'm going way far off the notes, but that's okay. I, Pastor Josh said, do what you got to do. <laughs> <So> <laughs> All right. I'll give you an example of a relational verse that lets me know that God wants me to ask him questions. In, in um, 1 Corinthians ten thirteen, where he says... <clears throat> He tells us that there's no temptation given among men, but that's common to them. But God will always provide a way out. What's the way out, God? Yeah. And I, what I need you to understand is that whatever the temptation is that's grabbed you, I bet the way out is different than the way it's gonna be for me when I'm dealing with a different temptation. So. All I have to do is ask, God, what's the way out of my reaction when I get cut off in traffic? (laughs) 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 What's my way out of dealing with addictive behavior? Ask him. Ask him and listen what your way out will be. Because he wants you to ask. He's not distant. He's not far away. He's waiting for you to ask. And (laughs) I mean, remember, he sent Jesus to save us to begin with. And then, well, because you need a savior every day, right? He also sent us a helper. Why don't we ask for help more often if there's a helper right there? who like, knows more about me than anybody else on the planet and knows what I need in any given situation. I just need to ask. All right. Jump to the big scripture verse for me. Thank you. Okay we we do represent an inner healing emotional prayer ministry and a lot of people say that's not in the bible uh-huh. yeah. now we want to don't go there <laughs> because <laughs> so <laughs> Why don't we go back to 700 years before Jesus (laughs) and look at this prophetic word that Isaiah gives us about this amazing savior that God's gonna send. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me and this is actually, Jesus quotes this, this verse when he's in the synagogue early in his ministry, the Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. Well, that certainly sounds like inner healing ministry. If I'm dealing with a broken heart and he wants to come in and mend it, come on, Lord. (laughs) I certainly can use that to proclaim freedom for the captives. Know any of those folks that have been captured by the enemy with alcohol, or drugs, or pornography, or whatever? And he wants to free people up from that. Release from darkness. We've got a lot of people that are down in that very dark place. Release from darkness for the prisoners prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God. A lot of people don't like that day of vengeance piece, but who's he declared vengeance upon? The one, the same one that got soundly defeated at the cross. He's waiting to say, Jesus, I mean, (laughs) devil, (laughs) devil, you're done with this person. Get out and leave him alone. to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them. I love the way God trades up. I'm going to talk about this a little more later in the message to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, the garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. Those very people in that most wounded state, after he's done with them, he now says, they will be called oaks of righteousness. Now, living in this area, you know how strong an oak tree is, how deep those roots go, hard, hard wood we love to burn because we get a lot of heat out of it. <laughs> Oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. That's our foundational scripture for what Connect does. And so I'm going to spend the next little bit of time sharing with you the the four foundational principles that undergird our ministry. And as I share those with you, I want you to understand that we're not sharing with you a formula. We really, in coming together with our guests on a regular basis, we are literally inviting the Holy Spirit in to lead us down pathways, to bring them to a greater level of freedom and a deeper level of intimacy with the Father. And we're asking God the questions. We're not digging through their past. We're not doing any digging at all. We're asking God, What is it that can help this person get closer to you? Listening to what he says, asking those kinds of questions of him, and letting the people respond to what the Father tells them. Next slide, please. Thank you. The first foundation is honor. A good question to ask, every time I have a guest sit down in front of me, is how can I honor this person? How can I speak honor to them? Now, (laughs) I regularly do these sessions on Zoom, and so we have a person anywhere in the world now, Logging on to a screen with three absolute total strangers and opening their heart to us. I honor them for a step of courage that not a lot of people (laughs) would necessarily feel very comfortable with. Because sometimes God's going to open up doors for them to share with us that would be deeply personal for them. And that's courage. And I will honor people for doing that. (laughs) In our social media-saturated world, honor is not common. As a matter of fact, dishonor is probably more common in social media than honor. (sighs) But it's definitely not the heart of the Lord. If you change the next slide for me, I just want to share with you a couple of verses from, our, from the New Testament that, just, that speak to this. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil, cling to what is good, be devoted to one another in love. Uh, this, I love this next sentence. Honor one another above yourselves. There it is. It's not about me, it's about them. It's not about me, it's about you. I want to look at you and see the human being that God has brought to be with me in this particular situation. And I just want to to honor you because we're together. And we're going to share together. I want to honor you if you want to go out and have lunch together. I mean, I love having those times of fellowship with other believers. Uh, Philippians says it as well. (laughs) Do nothing out of selfish (laughs) ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. I think probably one of the most vivid illustrations of this is on that next slide. Jesus confronting the woman caught in adultery. I love this picture because she's holding her hand, which would have been against the Torah because she's unclean which would have rendered him unclean. (coughs) And suddenly he's looking you in the eye and saying, there's no one left to condemn you, neither will I condemn you. Quick to the point, go and sin no more. That's That's honor, people. (laughs) I understand that you got caught in probably one of the most embarrassing situations in your culture, and I'm not going to condemn you for it. I'm going to release you and free you up to go about, but you probably shouldn't do it again. Don't make it a habit. I I try to put myself in her place for just a moment. She's probably been dragged to the front of the town. Lots of men surrounding her with stones in their hand because that's the imminent punishment for her to receive. And she is scared to death. And then there's nobody left. There's no stones. And Jesus grabbing you by the hand and saying, Go ahead, go on your way. All right, next slide, please. The second foundation is forgiveness. This is. <laughs> This is probably the one that we need to deal with most often, again and again and again and again and again and again and again again in sessions that we have with our guests. I love the picture of this person that hasn't forgiven with the the load on his back, because that's exactly what it is. A load on his back, and he's got a lock on the front, and he's stuck there. And sometimes we don't even know that we're carrying that load on our back (laughs) until the Lord points it out to us. It can begin with this very simple question in prayer, Lord, who do I need to forgive? I think that's probably on the sheet that I, yeah, it's on the sheet that I gave you um, or had given to you this morning. That's something that you can do in your very own prayer time on a regular basis. Lord, is there anybody I need to forgive today? The New Testament is actually filled with warnings about unforgiveness. And I, th- I think we really, we want to kind of skip over them, but we shouldn't. <laughs> Matthew in this, I mean, sorry, Jesus in the Matthew version of the Sermon on the Mount, in Matthew 6, 14 and 15, he said, if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sin, your Father will not forgive your sins. like, really? That's what it says. (laughs) Now, in saying that, we very often will have a a little chat with our our guests because they need to understand that we're not in forgiving somebody saying that what they did is okay. And we actually need to make a conscious decision to cancel the debt that they've incurred against us in doing that wrong. But in releasing them from that debt that they owe us, that backpack suddenly gets a whole lot lighter. (laughs) A whole lot lighter. We can release the offender to the care of Jesus as our just judge and defender. and give up your right to be paid back by that person. Because you would have the right to ask for it, but you're going to give it up. Also, I will quickly like to explain that there's a difference between forgiveness and reconciliation. (laughs) For reconciliation to happen, there's got to be forgiveness that happens both ways, typically, and some agreement both ways. And repentance both ways. A decision by both parties to change the way they're thinking about the other for reconciliation to happen. And sometimes reconciliation is not going to be able to happen because a relationship has been so wounded or there's so much resistance to repentance on the part of the offender that It won't even necessarily be constructive to try to get it to get better because there's so much animosity there. So, the forgiveness piece is the most important piece in what we do to get that load off of us. Where reconciliation can happen, we should attempt it, because that would obviously, I think, be God's what he'd like, (laughs) but it won't always be possible. So, forgiveness is a big, big piece of what we do, and the other thing that we will often discover is that we end up having to we end up having to forgive the same person multiple times. I mean, I'll give you a personal story for me. I I don't know how many times um, I've had I've dealt with forgiveness with my dad. <clears throat> um, my dad died when I was 33. He was 56. Um, he shouldn't have died at age 56 if he hadn't had the problem with alcohol that he had. Um, and I've, I've forgiven him for all kinds of stuff in the past, and I just was doing a refreshing session recently and discovered that I needed to forgive him something something else that I'd never really thought of. Because I've been been having trouble pursuing a project that I know the Lord's called me to do, and I I keep putting it off because I think uh, there's a part of me that always says, I don't know that I'm going to be able to do it well enough. Now that's, that's in my thinking, and so I started exploring, like, why do I think that way? And so I asked the Holy Spirit in the session I was in, and sure enough, I remember well now, in sixth grade, bringing home my report card with the first B I'd ever received in my life, and my dad said, what happened? You could have done better. Has that been lurking in me all these years? <laughs> you know, I'm 71, for Pete's sake. <laughs> and there it was, and it's like, wow not pleasing dad makes me not want to take on a project because I might not finish it best. Well, stink. (laughs) I can forgive him for that. Because I want to write this thing that I want to (laughs) write. And I know that's one of the reasons I've been putting it off. So... So multiple layers. There can be layer after layer after layer after layer of forgiveness. It's like we're peeling the layers off an onion sometimes, but that's, that's how it will work. All right. So that it's a good prayer to pray on a regular basis. Is there anybody I need to forgive? Because life happens all the time <laughs> in relationships, and we end up needing to practice forgiveness. All right, let's go to Beliefs. Here we have the, the, the woman with the lies blindfold on. And it's amazing how belie- the wrong beliefs <laughs> creep into our lives. Even what Barb shared with you this morning. I've disappointed God and he's disappointed with me. No, he's not. The enemy's got you convinced that God's disappointed with you and shut you down. <laughs> and so when we come to understand what the lie, see I, I, and so you just ask, I mean, we ask a simple question. Father, is there anything in my heart that I'm believing about you that's not true? Yeah, you're not worthy of my love. Oh, I believe that lie? So then we ask the next question. When was the first time I came to believe that? And we find out that there was a Sunday school teacher that taught us some misunderstanding of Scripture and we unpack that, we forgive that teacher for what she taught us, we release her from the harm that that brought to us and We go back and say, so God, what's the truth you want me to know? And he says, I love you with an unconditional, unending love. (laughs) We get to test that. So does that feel real to you? Well, yeah, now. It didn't before, but it feels real now. You see, what we're we're doing, Our goal, our total goal in in this ministry, is to simply improve the relationship and get it more on track, deeper understanding, greater level of intimacy. That's what we're about. Next slide, please. Okay. Let's try one. One of one of my one of my favorite scriptures um, to view is the beginning five verses of Psalm 103, because um, one of the one of the joys I have in the Connect Up Ministry is I get to teach the physical healing piece <laughs> of it too, and this is one of my favorite physical healing psalms. So. Psalm 103 appeals to me because it's David doing self-talk. He's doing some soul care with himself here. Because he says, bless the Lord, O my soul. He's talking to his soul. Soul, bless the Lord. Come on, soul, bless the Lord. Don't forget all of his benefits. Boy, that would seem to imply (laughs) that we can forget his benefits. (laughs) All right. Who forgives all your sins, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagle. Wow. Father, is there anything in that list that I'm having trouble believing? Of those five things? Well, so and so didn't get healed when I prayed, so that's not true. Really. It's in his word, he doesn't lie. I've got time, say, I t- I'd I have to tell you a quick story, because my wife and I, we moved to South Africa for five years and ran a, a global school over there. And I mean, one of the things that Global Awakening stands for is physical healing. And um, the very first student who applied to our school uh, got pretty serious cancer. She got breast cancer. But very quickly metastasized in her body and spread in the areas around the breast into her lungs. And um, in the early part of our second year of the school, she died. Um, I don't know how many times we prayed for Marilyn. Uh, Scores. And we, saw lots, we, and we saw lots of miracles. She had regression several times. She was declared cancer-free for three months. Um, she went in for all kinds of therapy, chemotherapy. She had all kinds of side effects from chemotherapy. We'd pray for the side effects. The side effects would all go away. Again and again and again and again and again. Marilyn got healed, and then the cancer came back, and within a very short period of time, it took her. And I was with her the night she died. And I looked her straight in the eye and I said, you've been sick and you're really sick and you're not comfortable where you are and I know that Jesus is waiting for you. If you wanna go, you should go be with him because it'll be way better than where you are right now. And within two hours he died. I had to preach your funeral. <laughs> so here I am, the, the director of the South Africa Global School of Supernatural Ministry, burying one of my students. And I actually brought that up at the funeral. I said, so here's the elephant in the room. Is this is one of my students, and I believe in supernatural healing. Why didn't she get healed? I don't know. But what I do know is, and I shared this with the people, next Monday night, the group of 10 men that get together every Monday out night and go out and pray for people with cancer will go out and do it again. 60% of the people that we prayed for in that ministry were completely healed. Every one of the people that we prayed for that died was a believer when they died. One man who brought us in to pray for him, <laughs> he, was, he was definitely not a believer, <laughs> and nobody in his family was. And because we regularly went to his house for about, every Monday for about four months, he died, his entire family came to Christ. So, I can't read that verse and say, it's not true, because it is true. I know where Marilyn is today, (laughs) and that was the best place for her to be at that time. Okay. It can be a bad view of God, it can be a bad view of ourselves. Second Corinthians 5.17 says anyone who is in Christ is a new creation. He creates you all over again. (laughs) Stuff, Stuff shifts in you to the point where you're not the same person anymore, according to what that verb means in the original language. But that doesn't always feel true. <laughs> it doesn't feel true. But it is true. And what we need to do is figure out what it is that's keeping us from believing it and keeping us from experiencing it. And that's what our ministry's about. A bunch of it has to do with what I see in this next picture. I love the look on that little girl's face as she's leaping into daddy's arms knowing he's going to catch her. You see, that's the level of trust that I think we need to reach to have with God all the time. He's always there. He always will be there. And push comes to shove. I'm going to end up in his arms forever. Yay. (laughs) Yay. All right. Let's go to exchanges. Exchanges is such a beautiful piece of what we get to do with people. Probably the most significant exchange that we can read about is, is, I'm going to loosely interpret 2 Corinthians 5.21 for you, that Jesus was made sin with our sinfulness, that we might be made righteous with his righteousness. (laughs) That's not a fair trade. Here, Jesus, take my sinfulness. And he says, Okay, here's my righteousness. Egad. <laughs> do you see how much God wants to do for us? He's willing to sacrifice Jesus for you in spite of all that you've done, all that I've done. He says, It's okay. It's the price I decided I would pay so that you can be in my family forever and ever and enjoy grace and peace forever. Ah. Next slide, please. God always trades up beauty for ashes, the oil of gladness for mourning. Eek! <laughs> and so there are many times when that's exactly what we're having people do. Uh, one of the things that we love to do is have them cup their hands in front of them and offer up to God whatever it is they've been carrying. Very often, very, very often that's shame. I'm going to borrow from one of my wife's stories. And we're always very, very careful if we share any of these stories. We don't ever want any details that would in any way allow you to recognize who the person was, because that's, that's not cool for us to do. We're very, very careful with confidentiality. But in this particular case, Because of where this woman had been, she was carrying shame from her past for relational stuff that she'd been involved in. And when asked to visualize what that shame looked like, it looked like a very black, greasy, tar (laughs) ball. And so we said, would you feel okay asking if Jesus would take that from you? And she asked, and of course, Jesus, being who he is, said, of course, I'll take that from you. And then we say, so then, Lord, what do you have for me in exchange? And she got this sort of fluffy white ball of something. And very often when we don't know what's going on, we ask Holy Spirit for help. So like, Holy Spirit, what am I supposed to do with this white fluffy thing? And he said, take it and rub it all over your body. So I can restore your purity. Come on, Jesus. <laughs> Jesus, understanding the, the depth of what's going on in our heart and our soul many times and saying, I can fix that for you if you'll let me, because I want to. Because you're my daughter. You're my son. And I don't want you to be carrying that around anymore that way because I have something better for you. (laughs) (sighs) (laughs) (sighs) (sighs) Last slide. Uh, not last slide. Next to last slide. <laughs> so, the gospel, this good news, is a total salvation, and we need to understand when, when we say total, God means total. It's one of one of my favorite pair of verses in the New Testament that I live by is that s- Hebrews seven twenty four and twenty five. <laughs> Because Jesus lives forever, because he lives forever, he has a permanent priesthood. Therefore, he is able to save completely. That's a, that's a wonderful word in the, in the Greek because it has a double meaning. It can mean completely and it can also mean forever. And I think it's no accident that the author of Hebrews used that word there because he does want to save you completely forever. (laughs) So let's just put it in one word and say it all in that one word. Save you completely forever those who come to God through him because he always lives to intercede for them. (sighs) So if you're sitting out there today wondering if this is for me at all. Understand that Jesus is praying for you Amen. because it is <laughs> meant for you. <laughs> and He wants you to know it and experience it. The Father wants His family whole, healed, and home. Home. Home of dad. (laughs) I I mean, (laughs) any of you who are knows knows the joy of having your kids come home. Because they're the family and you love them. He's your father. Your heavenly father who loves you. And he wants you home. Now, this is something that you can do for yourself. That's why we gave you that that sheet when you came in this morning, because you can practice some of this in yourself, in your quiet time. It tends to be more effective when you're doing it with somebody else, because they can ask you the questions, and very often the Holy Spirit's going to help them ask the questions. that that's the wonderful thing we love about this is we are so convinced that God wants you well that we we completely trust the holy spirit to lead us as we go <laughs> cuz he wants you well <laughs> he wants the person sitting across from us well and so there are times when it's like i find myself asking a question going did i just ask that I'm like really and it's exactly what the person needed to have asked to get them to that place of freedom so We're delighted to have had this weekend with you as a church. We're absolutely delighted that um, your leadership is committed to wanting to engage in this ministry and having it spread here, but also to bring other people in to experience it. And so uh, we'll just say yay and amen (laughs) to all of that. All right. that that's the sign that it's the last slide for me so good i got let me just ask where this is going to go for a minute cuz i think i know where it's going to go but i don't want to make assumptions <laughs> this is this is what the spirit wants us to do any of my team have words of knowledge yes Yes, okay. Come on up. We're, g- we're going to need a mic, please, Pastor Josh. All right, so um, just a, a quick, ex- for any of you that may not know what words of knowledge are, we've been, we've been asking God if there's stuff that he wants to do for people today, particularly with regard to physical healing. And so when the Lord gives us one of those words, we typically know that that's something that he wants to do. And so if, if any one of these people, we're going we're to limit it to two per person, <laughs> um, but if any of these people call out something that, a condition or a sickness or a disease that you have, please feel free to come forward and have that person pray for you. I woke up this morning with a very uncomfortable pain in that part of my right arm. It was sort of almost like a burning pain. So if you've got that, I'm pretty sure, I don't think the Lord wanted to wake me up (laughs) with a body pain for me because that has never bothered me before. So if that's you, please feel free to come up. um, The closing of today's message allowed members from the team to speak words of knowledge to those gathered and listening online. The altar was open and people came forward as they had need. We pray that you were encouraged by these words, and in all your endeavors, keep it in Jesus.